Well, welcome to the last week of this Everything You Were Created to Be series. We're landing the plane on this series today. And here, this is your first time. Here's the big idea that we've looked at over the last four weeks is that you can't be anything you want to be, but you can be transformed into everything God created you to be. And I, I, you got to let you know, I think you should have big dreams and goals and desires. I, I do. I, I think you should work hard on attaining and achieving all of those things. I do. But I also think you should, start, you should start focusing your energy and time and emotions on being transformed into everything God's created you to be more than trying to become anything else. And I think you should for three, for three reasons. First, you can be some things you want to be through hard work and dedication and perseverance, but you can't be anything and everything you want to be. Some things are just outside of your control, even if you're the hardest worker in the room or you have the biggest, you're the biggest dreamer in the room. Secondly, becoming what you want to be but not being transformed to everything God created you to be, all it's going to do is leave you unfulfilled and disappointed and on an endless search for purpose and meaning. I mean, just ask anyone who's, who's attained something they want, they've wanted. It, it never produces what you think it will in you. And the third reason is that Creator God, your Heavenly Father, his ultimate desire for you is not for you to become anything you want to be. His ultimate desire for you is to transform you into everything he created you to be through Jesus. And the, the reason is because the more we're transformed into who he's created us to be, the more we see, the more we understand, and the more we know him. And the more that happens, the more we experience what we're all searching for in life, but that can only come from him and only he could give. True life and true peace and true hope and true fulfillment and true significance and true joy. And your heavenly father, he wants to give those things to you. See, God, he wants to transform you. And Jesus promises that you and I will be transformed when we accept his simple invitation to follow me. See, Jesus promised to you, no matter who you are, where you're at in your spiritual journey, your age, or, or the questions that you have about the Bible, or maybe some skepticism you have about the church and this whole God stuff, Jesus promised to you is follow me and you will be transformed. You, listen, you can be transformed, and I believe even if you don't know it yet, you want to be transformed into everything that God's created you to be. But to be, we've got to accept Jesus' invitation to follow me. He said, follow me. So the question we're answering throughout the series, okay, well, how do I follow Jesus? And it's not complicated like so many people have made it out to be. See, Jesus and the writers of the New Testament, they narrowed it down to three vital things. And irrelevant, we call these three vital elements uh, living a tea life or living a transformed life. And throughout this series, we've been diving into the, each of these three vital elements. And I've said every week, my promise to every single person, every single person online, every single person in this room, is that if you take a next step in each of these three vital elements, you will start following Jesus more. And through that, you will be transformed more into who God created you to be. Therefore, you will begin to experience Jesus' life-giving presence more in your life today. So, man, taking next steps around these, these three are so huge. So just as a quick review, we, we've seen that we follow Jesus by first growing in a relationship with Jesus. We, and two weeks ago, we discovered that growing in a relationship with Jesus is vital to continually be transformed to who God created us to be because Jesus is the only one who could transform our lives. Secondly, we follow Jesus by connecting in authentic relationships within the church. We discovered last week connecting is vital to continually be transformed to who God created us to be because our lives are not transformed in isolation. And today... Today, as we end this series, we're going to look at the third vital element to follow Jesus. And to uncover it, we're going to go back to something that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church, to the community, to the gathering of Christ followers in the city of Corinth that he wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 that we looked at 
in the first week of this series. But before we dive into that, let me tell you what you may think or you may feel or you may be tempted to do as we uncover this third vital element to follow Jesus. You may feel, I can't do this one, I shouldn't do this one, and I'm not sure I want to do this one. Therefore, you may think, this one, this one's extra credit. Like this vital element's extra credit. Of course growing in a relationship with Jesus is important. Of course. Of course connecting authentic relationships in the church. Of course that's important. But maybe, maybe this one right here, maybe this one is extra credit. Like this one is for like the super Christians. And of course, yes, of course I'll do it someday, but, but not, maybe not today. And so you're going to be tempted, just to let you know, you're going to be tempted to totally dismiss this one and to justify all the reasons why you're dismissing this one. You'd be like, I can't do this one because it takes some skill and some knowledge and some, you know, just, just that I don't have. And I shouldn't do this one because I have all kinds of sin in my life still. And, you know, I'm not perfect and I got to get fixed up first. And I don't want to be the hypocrite person. And, 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 and I don't know so that I want to do this one because it sounds maybe uncomfortable and weird. I don't want to be that weird guy. Like no one wants to be the weird Weird guy. And so just let you know, if you feel that way, think that way, or tempted to do those things, you're not alone. I would venture to say, actually, a majority of, of, followers of, of followers of Christ dismiss this one and justify it for all sorts of reasons. Because what we do is we start focusing all of our efforts on growing in a relationship with Jesus. We, we want to grow, yes, because we want to go deep. We want to feel Jesus' presence in our lives today. So I got to grow. I got to grow in my relationship with Jesus. And then connect, yes, that's important. Yes, you need me. I need you. We need to love others. I need friends. Yes, connect in authentic relationships. But this one, so many people go extra credit, extra credit. Maybe, maybe someday. And many of us, many of us who, who are followers of Christ, you've heard what I'm going to say today, yet you have dismissed this one. And I believe that's one of the main reasons why many of us aren't being transformed to everything God created, created us to be. I believe it's one of the reasons why many of us are not seeing God more and experiencing God more. So if you're tempted, if you're a follower of Christ and you're tempted to dismiss this third element, element my advice to you is don't do that. Because if you do, you're going you're, you're to stop being transformed to everything God created you to be because you cannot follow Jesus Without this third element, you cannot. Jesus is inviting you to follow me. And if you choose to take a next step to follow him in this vital way, you will begin to experience a transforming work in you and through you that can only be attributed to God himself. So, let's jump in. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that we looked at in the first week of this series. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come the old is gone, the new is here. As review, Paul and the writers of the New Testament tell us that we begin to follow Jesus by entering into a relationship with Jesus through faith in Jesus, by asking Jesus to be the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life. They also tell us that at that moment, something weird happens. Something weird yet amazing and unexplainable and powerful. What they tell us at the moment we put our faith in Jesus, that Jesus' spirit, referred to as the Holy Spirit, comes and takes residence in us. And that's why Paul says we are now in Christ. We're now in Christ because his spirit now resides in us. This means that this is how we are in a relationship with Jesus. At the moment we enter into a relationship with Jesus through faith, we talked about this, we are forgiven. 
We're forgiven for our violation of sin against God. And our eternities are transformed. At the moment we put our faith in Jesus, we go from promised eternal death to eternal life. We go from being declared a sinner before God to being declared righteous before God. We go from separated and estranged from, uh, from God to being, this is a huge word huge we're going to look at today, reconciled to God in this life and in the next. We're eternally a new creation. We're eternally a transformed creation. The old is gone and the new has come. But there's so much more than that. We've talked about, we've talked about it throughout this series as well, that from the moment we put our faith in Jesus forward, with every next step we take to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit continues to transform us into everything God created us to be, not someday, but today. We're transformed into people who look more like Jesus, and the fruit of his love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control is produced in our life. We're transformed into being the person and the husband and the father and the wife and the mother and the, and the son and the daughter and the brother and the sister and the friend and the leader that God created us to be and, the, and, and who we desire to be. We're transformed from being unhealthy mentally and emotionally and relationally to being healthy. We're transformed from being broken to being whole. We're transformed from being unfulfilled to being fulfilled. We're transformed from being people of despair to being people of joy. We're transformed from being people who worry to people who trust God. No matter what's going on around us, we're transformed from, from being people filled with hopelessness to people filled with hope. We're transformed from being people filled with shame to people experiencing freedom. We're transformed from being people who are foolish to people who are wise. We're transformed from being people with debilitating addiction and bondage and guilt and comparison and anxiety and fear to people who are filled with peace we're transformed from being people who are known by envy and deceit and hatred and me first to people who are known by love. See, with every next step we take to follow Jesus, we're transforming to a new creation. The old is gone and the new comes. Well, that's where we stopped in week one, 2 Corinthians 5.17. But here's what else Paul said. He said, and all this is from who? From who? It's from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And Paul's going, just so we're clear, just so we're all clear, you being invited into a saving relationship with Jesus, that's from God. It's not from you. It's not because of anything you did or didn't do. Just to be clear, you being able to be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus is from God. It's not from you, not anything you did or didn't do. And just to be clear, you having your eternity transformed through faith in Jesus is from God. It's not from you or anything you did and didn't do. And I want to be clear as well that you being transformed to everything God created you to be by following Jesus is also from God. It's not from you. And he says, and, and so now that that's, that's clear, here's how we should respond as followers of Christ. And you're going, Paul, I know how we should respond. I already know how we should respond since all this is from God. We should sit around in a circle around a campfire and sing good worship songs and sing some kumbaya and just love on one another. Or we should focus on just praying really good prayers. Or we should know everything there is to know about the Bible and read the Bible all day long nonstop and make sure we know it front to back and memorize, you know, John 3.16. And Paul, I know how we should respond to all this since what God did for us. We should listen to more sermons and more podcasts and read more books and know the Greek and know the Hebrew behind it. And Paul, I know how we should respond. We should just focus our time on having some spiritual experiences and making sure we get all jacked up and the hazer machine's on and the lights sound good and we get all emotionally charged. And Paul, I know how we should respond to this. We should go deeper. I want to go deep, Paul. 
Paul would say, listen, all those things are fine. You should do all those things. All those things are good. But no, that's not how we should respond. You need to know that once we put our faith in Jesus, that God gave us, what do you say, gave us, Paul's referring to himself and the other apostles as well as every other follower of Christ, God gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. Did you know that if you're a follower of Christ, that if you put your faith in Jesus, you've been called into ministry? You're like, I don't want to be a pastor. Good news. I don't want you to be a pastor either. Like that's not Paul's point here. Paul said, Paul's saying, you've been called into the, the ministry of reconciliation to live out the ministry of reconciliation every single day. And living out, the minist- living out this ministry is how you follow Jesus. And you're like, well, what is that? What's the ministry of reconciliation? Well, Paul goes on to explain that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he said, hey, before I tell you exactly what the ministry of reconciliation is, you need to know what the message of reconciliation is. And this message of reconciliation we've looked at every week. We look almost every week here at Relevant, but here it is. The message of reconciliation is that we all deserve the punishment of death. That we all deserve to be separated from God because of our violation of sin against him. That our violation of sin against him deserves the punishment of death. Eternal death separated from God in this life and the next. And there's nothing that you and I can do about it. We all need forgiven for our violation of sin against God. And there's nothing we can do about it. We all need a savior, someone to save us from our death penalty of sin. And there's nothing that we can do about it. And that's why God sent Jesus. Jesus himself said, we looked at this so many times, he said that he came to seek and to save those who are lost. Those who are separated from God because of their violation of sin against him. That's you, that's me, that's everyone. Jesus came on a mission to transform our eternities by forgiving us for our violation of sin against God. He came on, and, and he came on a mission to restore and redeem our relationship with our heavenly father. That's what Jesus died for. That's what Jesus died in our place on the cross for. But Jesus also came on a mission to transform us in everything that God created us to be today so that we can experience true life. Jesus described as life to the full, not just someday, but today. And that's what Jesus rose from the grave to prove he can do. And Paul says when we enter into a relationship with Jesus through faith in Jesus, that our sins are no longer counted against us. We're transformed from being declared a sinner before God to being declared righteous before God. We're we're transformed from being separated and estranged from God to being reconciled to God in this life and in the next. We are truly saved. See, this is the gospel message. This is the message of the good news of Jesus. This is the message of reconciliation. And all this is from God. And Paul says, and he, God, has committed or entrusted to us this, ministry, this message, us, his followers, Jesus' followers, the message of reconciliation. See, as followers of Christ, God has called us into the ministry of proclaiming the gospel, of proclaiming the message of reconciliation. The message that, in Jesus' own words, that God so loved, that love is God's only motivation, that God so loved the world, And that includes everyone, the world, you, me, and everyone. People you like, people you don't like, people who look like you, people who don't look like you. God so loved the world. People who don't deserve his love, you and me, or anyone else because of our violation of sin against him. God so loved the world that whoever, whoever, Jesus says, whoever, regardless of your sin, your disbelief, or your doubts, or your past failures, or your present reality, that whoever believes, Jesus is talking to third person here, whoever believes in me, 
shall not perish. Whoever believes in me, and we know that belief in Jesus doesn't mean acknowledgement of truth, doesn't mean acknowledgement of reality, doesn't mean acknowledge that Jesus actually died on the cross, doesn't even mean acknowledge that he actually rose from the grave. It means that we have put our faith in him, asking him to be the forgiver of our sins and leader of our life, that we have entered into a relationship with him. He said, whoever believes in me by entering a relationship with me through faith in me shall not perish, shall not receive the eternal death penalty being separated from God that we all deserve because of our sin, but instead will receive, Jesus says, eternal life, that we are forgiven, that we're reconciled to God, and our eternities and our lives are transformed. And I believe this to be so true. And I believe this to be so true, i said it a million times, not because the Bible tells me so. I believe it to be true because of, because of the resurrection of Jesus. And I've said before, any guy who can predict his death and resurrection and pull that off, we just go with what that guy says from that point forward. This is the message of reconciliation. And that's the message you need. That's the message the world needs. That's the message the people in your life who don't know Jesus needs. That's the message that he has entrusted, entrusted every follower of Christ to proclaim. So Paul says that's the message of reconciliation. You're called to proclaim that, you're to be in the ministry of reconciliation. Paul goes on. We are therefore, he's talking to us who follow Christ. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is. An ambassador is a person who represents someone, represents their message, represents their mission. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Paul says, as a follower of Christ, we represent Jesus. As followers of Christ, we represent his message of reconciliation. As followers of Jesus, we represent his mission of reconciling the world to God through him. The world being reconciled to God through Jesus. You know who, them knowing that, that that's available, you know who who that's up to? That's up to us. Jesus' followers. We, followers of Christ are Jesus' one and only ambassadors. That's it. Which means the way, the way that God makes his appeal to be reconciled to him is through us. And there's no other plan than that. Paul says, Christ ambassadors. Then he goes, oh wait, hold on. Before I forget, let me say one more thing to any of you who have not put your faith in Jesus. He says, we, me and my fellow apostles, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Paul wants to make sure, the apostle Paul wants to make sure that anyone who reads this letter and hasn't put their faith in Jesus knows that they've been invited to follow Jesus, knows that they've been invited to be reconciled to God. So Paul's going, listen, if you're reading this and you haven't been reconciled to God through faith in Jesus, you need to do it. Do it now. And I want to give the same invitation to those of you who have not put your faith in Jesus. Ask him to be the forgiver of your sins and lead your life. You've got to know that God is for you. He wants to transform your eternity. He wants to transform your life. You just have to accept Jesus' invitation to follow me by entering into a relationship with Jesus through faith in Jesus, by asking Jesus to be the forgiver of your sins and the leader of your life. And I'm not here to talk you into it. I'm not here to pressure you into it. I'm not here to convince you of it. I'm just here to say, if if, if something in you is stirring this morning to say, I want that, I want to take that step. I want to enter that saving relationship with Jesus. Do it today. Do it right now where you are. Put your faith in Jesus. Do it at the end when I pray. Just don't leave. Don't get off your computer without doing it today. See, in this passage, Paul makes the third vital element to follow Jesus very clear, and that is impacting the world. 
impacting the world with the gospel, the, the message of Jesus, the light and hope and peace and grace and forgiveness and salvation and love of Jesus, the message of reconciliation to the world. And Paul is extraordinarily clear that our ultimate purpose as Jesus' followers is to carry on Jesus' mission. He was ultra clear, wasn't he? That you and I can't live as followers of Christ. You and I can't live as disciples of Jesus without impacting the world. He's very clear that this is not extra credit. He's very clear that as a follower of Jesus, you can't dismiss this. Because you can't follow Jesus without this. You're like, Paul, Paul, how could you be so certain of that, Paul? Like, Paul, how could you say that with such conviction and such certainty? And Paul's go to be, Paul would say, because I know the, Jesus' final words on this earth. Paul was very familiar with Jesus' final words. See, 40 days after Jesus' death and resurrection, he gathered his small community of followers together, his church, his small community together for one final time before he was going to physically ascend. And Jesus' final words on this earth with his small community, with his small gathering of followers, are recorded in the book of Matthew and the book of Acts. And it says, Jesus, these final words before he physically ascends to say, hey, I've saved the most important thing for last. This is my swan song. Don't forget these words. I'm about ready to tell you. I saved them till now so that you would never forget. And Jesus says to them, final words. All authority and on heaven and earth has been given to me. And by the way, they believed that all authority had been given to Jesus because they saw him die and then they saw him rise from the grave. And when you see that, you're like, yeah, you do have all the authority. You beat death. You're right. All the authority has been given to you, Jesus. Therefore, Jesus says, go. He's talking, it's not all y'all. He's saying all y'all, not some of y'all. This ain't for pastors. This is for everyone who's my follower. Therefore, go. And make disciples. Go invite other people to follow me of all nations, baptizing them. For them to publicly proclaim that they put their faith in me. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Then he says this. And surely I am with you. He says this right before he's going to physically leave. So this sounds weird, right? And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And they knew how Jesus would be with them. And they knew how Jesus would be with us. They knew how he would, he would be with them and with us was by his spirit residing within them and within us, the, us those of us who put our faith in Jesus. However, at this point, Jesus hadn't sent his spirit to reside in anyone yet because he was still physically on this earth. Well, Luke records an additional statement Jesus made that Matthew didn't record. So this is Jesus, right before he's getting ready to physically ascend, he says, but you, and remember, the you is, it's not an individual he's speaking to, he's speaking to the church, his collective community of followers, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Saying the same spirit that rose me from the dead will reside in you, individually and together, to fill you with Power individually and together. Well, why, Jesus? Power to do what? And here's why. You will be my witnesses, my ambassadors, my sent ones in Jerusalem. That's their local community. In Judea, Samaria, that's the surrounding areas. And to the ends of the earth. We've said every single week that Jesus himself said that he came on a mission to seek and to save those who are lost. He said that's why he has come. 
Those who are separated from God because of our violation of sin. It's everyone. Jesus himself said that he came to restore and reconcile our relationship with our heavenly father. And to transform us into everything that he's created us to be. And Jesus also said that he came on a mission to transform the world by ushering in the kingdom of God. The peace of God. The light. The justice. The love. The hope. The healing power. The salvation of God in this world. That's what Jesus gave his life on the cross for. That's what Jesus rose from the grave to prove that he could only, that only he could do. And right before he left. Right before he left. The last thing he said to his church. The last thing he said to his followers is that your ultimate purpose as my followers, as my church, is to carry on my mission individually and together. And the primary reason I am sending my spirit to reside in you is not for yourself. Will the spirit guide you? Will the spirit intercede for you? Will the spirit speak to you? Will the spirit comfort you? Yes, all of those things. I'm sending for all those things. But the primary reason I am sending my spirit to reside in you is to fill you individually and together with power. To be able to live as my witnesses, my ambassadors. So go and impact the world by transforming people into everything God's created them to be with the good news of me, with the message of reconciliation, with the message of what my death and resurrection means for every single person. See, as a follower of Christ, this is not extra credit. As a follower of Christ, we must not dismiss this, dismiss this. not only because of what it means for the world, but also because it means for us individually and as a church. Jesus promised that when we live for his mission is then when we experience his power. So the big idea is impacting the world is vital to continually be transformed to everything God created you to be. Because when we live for Jesus' mission, we experience Jesus' power. A phrase I hear from so many followers of Christ is, I just want to go deep. I want to go deep. I just want to go deeper. And I go, what do you, and what people mean by that is, I just want to know God on a deeper level and see him and experience him on a deeper level. I want to know his presence on a deeper level in me. I want to know his, his, his power and I want to feel his power and I want to experience the life that only he could give and the joy and the peace and the comfort that only he can give right now. I just want to know and understand him and see him on a deeper level and I ask, well, hey, how do you think that happens? Hey, all kinds of answers. Oh, it happens, you know, because it happens by knowing, all, you know, the Bible better. It happens by understanding everything front to back and knowing the Greek and the Hebrew, you know, the Hebrew and the Hebrew scriptures and the Greek and the New Testament and understanding that and just understanding the, the unknown things that God wanted to reveal in scripture and understand, or it happens by having more spirit-filled worship experiences and coming in and making sure the haze is right, the lights is right, the sound is right, we're singing the right songs and us feeling really good about ourselves. Or it happens by ha listening to more sermons and more podcasts and reading more books, 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 more books. and just growing and just connecting and loving one another and all those things are great, and you should do all those things. But Jesus says, listen, if you really want to go deeper, if you really want to experience my power, and you want to experience what only I can do in your life and through you, if you really experience the joy and the peace and the fulfillment and the meaning that only I can give you, you got to go. You got to go be my ambassador. And go impact the world with the message of reconciliation. And then, that's when you'll experience my power. And that's proven to be true over and over and over, at least in my life. Any of you who know me know that I love my truck. I love my truck. 
My daughters get their fingerprints on my truck and they get grounded. Like, I love my truck. Well, <laughs> I was doing some work to it recently, a couple months ago, and not like mechanical work, like prettying it up work, like uh, tattooing my truck. Uh, I was, I was wanting to do some work, and there's a guy who I knew had been coming to Relevant who did some work on trucks. And I knew he knew how to do this stuff. And he said, hey, if you ever need my help, just ask me. I'll come help you. And I was like, sweet. So I said, hey, man, I want to give you an opportunity to help me. Would you like to come over to my house and help me work <laughs> on my truck? I said, absolutely. So he comes over one Saturday morning. I know he'd been irrelevant, you know, before. And we're working on We're about to get together for about three hours. And, uh, you know, we're talking about all kinds of things. And let's be honest, we're not really working on it together. He's working. I'm talking and watching and handing him tools. Like, that's what, how this is happening. And... So we're talking, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I just felt like, I know he's been irrelevant, so I wanted to just see where he was kind of at in life. And, and by the way, this is a really good question. If you ever want to start a spiritual conversation with someone, I, I asked him a question. I said, hey, man, tell me where you're at in your spiritual journey. Like, where are you at in your spiritual journey? You know, and so uh, he just started talking about some church, like what has happened in the background with, in his life with church and kind of that he's been irrelevant a few times. But I noticed he didn't say anything about Jesus in, when I asked him about his spiritual journey. Now, at that point in time, I, I could have just stopped because... I, but I know, I like, was like feeling something like, I don't know if I really want to take this conversation next level. Like almost like a little nervous to take it to the next level. But whenever I feel nervous, like I just was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Like I'm going to take a step out and do it. And so I, I could have stopped the conversation right there. But I said, hey, bro, have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Have you ever, have you ever put your faith in Jesus by asking him to be the forgiver of your sins and leader of your life? Looked back and he said, No. I said, well, why? Like, what stopped you from doing that? And he said, well, I just feel like I got to get fixed up. Like, I got so much junk in my life. Like, I just got to get fixed up first. Like, and I was like, hey, man, like, you need to know Jesus is inviting you to follow him, for you to come to him as you are, not for you to get fixed up to some certain thing and then come to him. Like, Jesus said, follow me, put your faith in me, and then I will transform you. Not get transformed and then come put your faith in me. Like, dude, you can just, just come as you are. Like, Jesus is inviting you to follow, come as you are. And so I gave that response, and I, and I just wanted to know kind of where he's at. And I said, hey, man, do you, do you believe that <coughs> you needed a Savior and that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, that he, his death on the cross can forgive you? He's like, yeah. I said, do you believe that he rose from the grave and that he can give you eternal life because he rose from He's like, absolutely. Well, here's then why I started like, I could have just ended right there. Like, oh, that's cool, man. Good job. Like, that's great. But I just was like, I felt like a little bit of stirring and I'm uncomfortable. Like, I'm kind of nervous. To go, I was like, I don't want him. Like, I know him, Pastor. I don't want him to think I'm weird. And like, you know, and so I was like, okay, well, let me ask you a question then. What's stopping you from today, putting your faith in Jesus today? And he looks back at me and he's like, well, when you explain just coming to Jesus like you are, and I was like, I guess nothing is stopping you from putting your faith in Jesus. Now, right here. I, like, this is where, like, the really, like, almost, like, fear or, like, nervousness is welled up. Because what I, and that, I almost said, well, dude, you should go think about doing that later. <laughs> she go, they should go home and do that. But that fear was welled up, and I said, hey, man, if nothing's stopping you, why don't we do that right now? And he's looking at me, he's like, in the garage? Like, right here? I'm like, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and I, I was a little nervous to ask because I'm like, he's not done with the truck yet. Like, I thought about waiting till he was done. But I was like, no. You know, and so anyway, and so right then, like, he just, like, seriously, I was like, just do it, man. And he's like, okay, like, how? I was like, however you want. And so he's, here, he's in my garage. He goes, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need saved. I'm asking you to be the forgiver of my sins and leader of my life. And he looks back at me like, and I was like, 
yeah, you know, and I'm like, whoa, like I'm all jacked up in the garage, and I'm like, whoa, you know, and his face is just changing, and I'm like, now get back to the truck, but you know what I mean, like, I mean, it was just awesome, but let me tell you, it was an amazing day for, he was here in the first gathering, and you know, he's over here, he's like, yeah, this is awesome, you know, and his life, he turns for a change, but let me tell you what happened to me that day. That day, I went deeper. Because when you choose to be an ambassador of Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm going to do you and you choose to step out in that faith like, Jesus, I need you. You experience the power and the presence of God. And that day I experienced his presence and his power and his joy and his peace in a way that I have never experienced for sure by knowing the Greek behind a word in the Bible. Why? Impacting the world is vital to continually be transformed to everything God created you to be because when we live for Jesus' mission, we experience Jesus' power. And you go, well, Ronnie, you're a pastor. Like, you're supposed to do this, but I'm not a professional Jesus person. I don't have any special training, any special skill, any special knowledge. I don't know a lot of Bible verses. Furthermore, I'm not perfect, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. And by the way, Ronnie, how much time is this going to take? I don't know that I have any more time to do anything. You know, and, and you're saying impacting the world, Ronnie? That sounds so intimidating. I'm a nobody. Like, how could I possibly impact the world? And but by the way, does this mean I have to, like, go stand on a corner with a megaphone or move to Africa or go door to door? Like, Ronnie, what does this mean? I just want to go relax. Like, you're stressing me out. You need to breathe a little bit because you're making this way too hard and you're making this way too complicated. Jesus and the writers of scripture made this very simple. And here's how they said to do it effectively. We impact the world by sharing Jesus' love through our word, which is proclamation, and deed, which is demonstration. Not word or deed, but word and deed. And this doesn't require any special training skills or Bible knowledge. This doesn't require you being perfect. doesn't mean you have to stand on a corner or move to Africa or go door to door. So what I want to do is I want to close by giving you two words of how this looks practically every day in your life, no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been following Jesus for many years, or you just put your faith in Jesus today, no matter how much sin you have or don't have in your life, no matter how much Bible you do or don't know. Two words that if you incorporate with the people already in your life, God will use you to make an impact through you. And here's the first word, invest. See, impact doesn't start over there. Why is it always Africa? I don't know. It doesn't start over there. It starts right here with the people who don't know Jesus who are already in your life. It happens by relationally investing in them. I'd encourage you to make something I have called an impact list. Identify five people in your life who don't know Jesus. Five people. It could be family. It could be a neighbor, a classmate, a coworker, uh, a teammate, someone that you don't like, someone who doesn't look like you, someone who's hurting, but five people who don't know Jesus and start asking the question, how can I share Jesus' love with them or show Jesus' love to them today? Just ask that question. Pray for opportunities. Look for opportunities. And when you see these opportunities, invest, 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 invest. Share Jesus' love with them, his grace, his forgiveness, his concern, his hope, his peace, his reconciliation, his healing power, his mercy, his life with them through your words and your actions. Show them that Jesus is for them and you are for them with your words and your actions. Ask to pray for them, serve them, listen to them. Be there in their life when no one else is. Sacrifice yourself for them. Share about your hope in Jesus. Invest, invest, and then invite. Here's the great news. You don't have to try to impact them for Jesus all by yourself, and you're not called to do it all by yourself. We 
Jesus' church are called to do it together. And the great news is, is that you're part of a church that all we've ever cared about and all we do care about is one thing. And that one thing is transformation. All that we and relevant, all that we, Relevant Community Church cares about is helping transform people that, into everything God's created us to be with the good news of Jesus. We're relentless about reaching people who don't know Jesus. We're relentless about being a church where unchurched people, people who don't know Jesus, who are skeptical of the church, who believe differently than we do. We're, we're relentless about being a community of people or unchurched people. They want to know us and want to engage with us. We're relentless about sharing the gospel, the message of reconciliation. We're relentless about inspiring people to follow Jesus and empowering people to follow Jesus. We're relentless about making faith practical. We're relentless about being a church where the people you are investing in can come as they are and be loved where they are. We're relentless about creating environments. You want to invite the people you're investing into and then afterwards hearing, man, I'm glad I came. That was helpful. Thank you. I want to go back. We're relentless about reaching people who don't know Jesus and seeing their eternities and their lives transformed by Jesus. So how can you be a part of helping impact the world? You relationally invest, 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 invest by intentionally sharing Jesus' love with a few people who are already in your life with your words and your actions today. And then when you believe that inviting them is going to help them take a next step toward Jesus, you boldly invite them. And you say, you should come to our gathering. You should come to my group. You should come to Youth United. You should come to Rooted. You should come be with the people from my church. You should just come and see. Because you can forever change someone's life through a single invitation. When people who don't have a relationship with Jesus but who are interested in Jesus are invited to come hear the good news of Jesus with people who are truly following Jesus, something powerful happens. We've seen it over and over and over again. We, Relevant Community Church, can together be a part of helping transform the world if we're all intentional about investing and inviting. Actually, one of my visions, one of our visions, is that we all, every single one of us, reach one person for Jesus every year. That every year, one person in all of our lives who doesn't know Jesus enters into a relationship with Jesus through faith in Jesus because we've chosen to invest and invite. Could you imagine that? If we all reached one every single year, our community would be transformed. That'd be a part of how the world is transformed. Not only that, our lives would be transformed because when we live for Jesus' mission is when we experience Jesus So Jesus' invitation was and is, follow me. Jesus promises, follow me and you will be transformed. And the three vital elements for how to follow Jesus and continue to be transformed to everything God created you to be are growing in a relationship with Jesus because Jesus is the one who could transform your life. Connecting in authentic relationships within the church because our lives are not transformed in isolation. And impacting the world because when we live for Jesus' mission, we experience Jesus' power. You won't be transformed without growing and connecting, and you can't be transformed without impacting because our ultimate purpose as Jesus' followers is to carry on Jesus' mission. But when you take next steps to grow, to connect, and maybe, maybe most importantly, impact, you will be more transformed into everything God created you to be. So let me ask you, what next step will you take to impact the world for Jesus? Not someday, but today. Whatever the next step is, take it. Take it because if you're a follower of Christ, it's your purpose as a follower of Christ. Take it because transformation in you and through you happens one next step at a time. 
take it because the world is transformed by every follower of Christ choosing to intentionally share Jesus' love with our, through our words and our action. Take it because lives and eternities are at, ta- at stake. Take it because it's how you, that's how we experience Jesus' power. Let me pray. Uh, Father God, I just thank you for loving us. <laughs> Thank you that you loved us when we didn't deserve your love and you sent your son and that all this is from you, that we can be reconciled to you. Um, we praise you for that. I pray that the same message of reconciliation that we needed to hear, that we choose to be your ambassadors with it. We choose to impact the world with it. How could we keep this to ourselves? I pray that we show it through our words and our actions. Lord, for every person who's here today that when I talked about putting their faith in you, who's never entered a relationship with you, but putting your faith in you, Jesus, I pray that right now where they're at, watching on their couch or here in this room, I pray that they choose to do that. That they declare their need for a savior because of their violation of sin against you. They declare their need to be forgiveness, forgiven because of their violation of sin against you. That they, that they, right where they're at, they say, Jesus, I believe that you can be the forgiver of my sins, that you can actually forgive me and save me because of your death and resurrection. I believe that that proved that. And in this moment, Jesus, I pray that they ask you to be their savior. They ask you to be the, you, to be the forgiver of their sins. And I pray they ask you to be their Lord. They ask you to be the leader of their life. In Jesus' name, amen.